Here we are, more than a month after Silicon Valley Bank, nearly a month since Credit Suisse, and the world continues to have to chase after dollars. And when we say chase after dollars, what we usually mean is scramble for collateral. Once again today, major moves in Treasury bill markets, scrambles for collateral, a little bit of a collateral run in the four-week bill. None of these things are good unless you happen to be betting uh, on, a, on a resurrection, on a rise in the U.S. dollar exchange value, which suddenly, apparently, a lot of people are now doing. There was an article in Bloomberg yesterday or the day before which said that hedge funds have suddenly become very bullish on the U.S. dollar at a very interesting moment in other financial markets, uh, what's going on in other financial markets. Here's what the article said. Hedge funds are betting the greenback's longest streak of weekly declines in almost three years is about to reverse after investors ramped up pricing for Federal Reserve interest rate cuts to extreme levels. In other words, hedge funds are saying the dollar is going to go up at the same time other investors are saying rates are going to go down. Now, that's the opposite of what we're usually told, because what we're usually told is that when the Fed's hiking rates, that means interest rate differentials are favorable to U.S. dollar investments, and therefore U.S. capital comes home. Now, we know that's not the case, but that's what the mainstream says. And here's the Bloomberg article starting to put these two things together, that when the Federal Reserve has to cut rates or feels it has to cut rates, that's because some things are going on, which is forcing the Fed to take that stance. And those same things that are forcing the Fed to interest rate cuts are likely to be bullish for the U.S. dollar exchange value. They're bearish for everyone around the world, including all of those countries who have recently declared the U.S. dollar dead. But in doing so, saying that, you know, trying to de-dollarize, as we hear all the time in the financial media, they're also admitting why they can't de-dollarize and why the U.S. dollar is not dead so long as this remains the case. And it starts with chasing after collateral, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, as well as why the U.S. dollar is not dead and, in fact, is more likely to continue going up in the long, intermediate and longer term, short runs are always a little tricky, than it is to sink down to zero, as you hear all across the world, everybody's saying the dollar is doomed. The dollar isn't doomed, it just doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And those two things actually relate to each other. But first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships available where you get exclusive video content about reserve currencies. What is the reserve currency? What does it do? How does it work? It's not what you hear about in the textbooks. We also do research subscriptions. Those are available. One, the, the daily deep dive analysis at the Eurodollar University website where we dive deep into all of these topics. What's going on in money? What's going on in finance? And how does that impact the economy? As well as a daily briefing I prepare in partnership with MarketsInsiderPro.com. That's Stephen Van Meter, Tracy Shukart, and myself. There's a research bundle available for you there. All the information about all of those things, memberships, daily deep dive analysis, daily briefing, the information is available at the Eurodollar University website, which is conveniently located at eurodollar.university. As you've probably heard, the dollar is doomed. And the reason you've probably heard it, because we keep hearing it all the time. 
Now, there's a difference between the dollar is doomed and the dollar system doesn't work. In fact, the dollar system doesn't work tends to mean the dollar has become more valuable, not less. Because as someone in particular said just recently, when dollar system doesn't work, that means there are fewer dollars available given relative levels of demand, which means the entire world has to chase after dollars. And in this euro dollar system that operates this global reserve currency, it has an, an enormous, enormous, uh, it depends an enormous amount on collateralized transactions, which means collateral is at the center of, of quite a lot of what goes on in the reserve currency. So if the whole world has to chase after dollars, that means they're usually scrambling for collateral. And in periods where we consider the system either close to or in some kind of crisis state, like now, when we say scramble for collateral, scrambles become something more than just the quote unquote usual level of distress. So that brings, I mean, here we are again today. As I said in the opening, it's been more than a month since Silicon Valley Bank, nearly a month since Credit Suisse, and we're still getting hit with massive amounts of demand for especially the best part, best, uh, best instruments, best securities that are useful as collateral. It started, I mean, today we got the three-month bill, we got the eight-week bill, the four-week bill. The three-month bill, we got sort of a regular scramble for collateral, what had been regular up until last month. Uh, around 2.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time to around 5 a.m., the three-month bill yield dipped down about, about two, three basis points. In normal times, that would be enough to get your attention and say, I wonder what's going on here. Times like this, it's almost become a regular occurrence. Two, three basis points, eh, that doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it still is. That shows you that there's still problems in the collateral system. Now, that the, uh, the scramble in the three-month bill was over by around 7.30 a.m., which is, again, the normal, the normal pattern where by around 7 a.m., most repo trades are, are ready to go. But then there was another one in the three-month bill that showed up around 10.40 a.m. today. Today is, by the way, April 18th, if you're keeping track, which I don't always, but April 18th, around 10.40 a.m., you had another dip in the three-month bill down around down about three basis points in equivalent yield, which means the price went up for unknown reasons. That's a, that's the unusual part. You don't usually see the scrambles of collateral, or you didn't usually see the scrambles of collateral continue into the U.S. Op, uh, regular day session. The four-week bill, as usual, uh, uh, <laughs> first of all, the, the yield on the four-week bill is ridiculously low to begin with. I've talked about the auctions, but even the secondary market, we've got the four-week bill now under 4%, even though the current RRP is 480. Massive amounts of demand for collateral. As I was talking about just yesterday with good buddy George Gammon, check out his uh, that that uh, that uh, interview if, you, if you're interested in more details on what, what, he, what uh, he and I were talking about with everything going on here. Um, that's at George's channel. Uh, but today, four-week four-week Treasury bill, 7:40 a.m. is when it began to when it when it started. That's when it's supposed to be finishing up, not starting. So 7:40 a.m. four-week Treasury bill yield goes down from from four percent all the way down to 3.81. So a couple basis points is enough to get your uh, attention. Ten basis points, you're starting to think, what the hell's going on here? Twenty and more, as we saw some some days during March. And even just recently, that's a 
That's pretty much a collateral run yet again. This is April 18th. Again, more than a month after Silicon Valley Bank. We're still feeling the aftershocks because maybe they're not really aftershocks. Maybe we've unleashed that tidal wave of demand for collateral because there's other forms of distress that are now becoming self-reinforcing. The vicious cycle might have been unleashed. Maybe that's what the hedge funds are betting on. Then uh, the uh, scramble for collateral in the four-week Treasury bill, that got down to around, what I said, 3.81. Then it kind of came back around 10 a.m. The yield went back up. And then we got another one. Just before the three-month bill started to go down in yield, the four-week Treasury bill yield again down under 3.80. Now, last check, last I looked, it was around 3.78, which is more than 100 basis points less than the RRP. So again, extreme indication of extreme levels of stress. Meanwhile, everybody tells you that everything is fine. And if they don't tell you everything is fine, what they tell you is wrong is that the dollar is dead. The Petrowan is going to kill it. You hear this all the time. The dollar is doomed. But yet the scramble for collateral, this means that the world has to chase after dollars, which at the very least means the exchange value is far more likely to rise than it is to fall. Now, one person in particular, or one country in particular, has raised the specter of the dollar is doomed or this global de-dollarization trend that some people say is sweeping across the globe. Um, and that's Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva, who happens to be the president of Brazil, who was in Beijing, or actually was, I think was Shanghai, to sign an agreement where Brazil and China is going to be conducting bilateral trade in their own respective currencies. And of course, Lula, as he's known, made lots of very, very poignant comments about how much he hates the dollar, how much he hates the fact that Brazil has to use the dollar, and that he's going to make it his business to do something else. What he said was, what he said was actually that, yeah, I want the, uh, I, want, I don't want to use the dollar anymore. But he also said why, the reason why he gave that he doesn't want to use the dollar anymore is the reason why the dollar continues to be confounding the reason why the dollar itself is more likely to rise in value. He admitted the problem here, which is not the same one as everybody says when the dollar is when they say the dollar is doomed. Lula said, "Why can't a bank like the BRICS bank have a currency finance trade between Brazil and China, between Brazil and other BRICS countries? Today's today countries have to chase after dollars to export when they could be exporting in their own currencies." The first part of that last sentence was true. The second part, not so much. Nobody wants to trade in Brazilian reals, except for those in Brazil. We need a common currency. That's what a global reserve currency means. It's not about pricing commodities in some national, uh, national currency. It's about having a middle currency or intermediate currency or a vehicle currency, as it was once known, in between that's widely available and widely acceptable. Brazilian real, China's yuan, they're not widely available nor widely acceptable. So they're not challenging the U.S. dollar. Instead, what's happening is Brazil, as Lula admitted, continues to have to chase after dollars to export, which is causing Brazil enormous amounts of problems. It's also causing China enormous amounts of problems, too. So the fact that they have to chase after dollars tells you what the problem is here. And it's the fact that there aren't enough dollars. 
Back when the euro dollar system produced more than enough dollars, when euro dollars, for lack of a better term, there are no such thing as euro dollars, but when euro dollars were actually abundant before August of 2007, nobody complained about the U.S. dollar system, even though the U.S. Uh, the U.S. political authorities used their heavy hands of sanctions and everything else uh, long before uh, we got around to the Biden administration sanctioning and seizing Russian assets. Nobody complained up until August 2007 because it worked. Brazil didn't have to chase after dollars. Brazil was one of the BRICs. In fact, who was in the BRICs up until 2007 and 2008? Brazil, Russia. Russia was considered one of the BRICs. Why? Because dollars were plentiful. It made global trade work. It made global investment work. It made prosperity all around the world. Nobody complained about the dollar until they started to have to chase after them. So where we see signs of countries having to chase after or just markets where there's everybody scrambling for collateral, that means they're chasing after dollars. Now, on the one hand, that means countries are not going to like to have to do that and they're going to seek alternatives. And those alternatives aren't necessarily to replace the U.S. dollar because they can't. That's the part they never tell you. It's to try to limit the amount of dollars that they have to chase. So it makes sense that Brazil and China would work out a small-scale bilateral agreement whereby they can both reduce the amount of dollars they have to chase after, which still leaves us with the major problem of the euro-dollar system doesn't produce enough dollars. Euro-dollars are not abundant, even though bank reserves are. The Federal Reserve has made bank reserves abundant, and yet everybody complains about having to chase after U.S. dollars because it's not U.S. dollars, it's the euro dollars. And recently, as this dollar is doom stuff got the de-dollarization swept across the financial media yet again, we look at the U.S. currency exchange value. It's, it's still going lower against the European currencies like the euro and the Great Britain, Great Britain pound. But against the Asian currencies, including Chinese yuan, it's more... It's ever since the middle of January, the U.S. dollar has gone up a little bit, not a whole lot, but it has reversed that weakening trend, especially against CNY, that had been since last October. So the U.S. dollar is going up again since the middle of January, which is before, by the way, SVB and all the stuff in mid-March. And it's not, again, not just CNY, you also see it in JPY and some of the other Asian-focused currencies or Asian currencies which suggests there's more going on here as far as everybody having to chase after dollars, not rate hikes either. We see this problem in real economy stuff. As I talked about yesterday, copper to gold, commodities that are starting to sense that there's more trouble here than it's worth, uh, and, and worth getting uh, really risky about. Uh, again, going back to hedge funds, that are now betting on the U.S. dollar going up at the same time everyone else is betting on interest rate cuts. You can see what's going on here. The reason the Federal Reserve has to cut rates or will have to cut rates, among other things, we've got the weak economy as well as chasing after dollar, collateral scramble. These types of things are going to lead to enough bad consequences, maybe on the same magnitude or worse than what happened in mid-March, that will force the Federal Reserve, which does not want to cut interest rates, wants to continue to pretend that inflation is the biggest risk. It's going to be forced into turning all the way around and doing something it doesn't want to do, which tells you 
that the problem in the system that will the scramble and runs on collateral will lead to a set of circumstances that makes these other currencies weak, which is why hedge funds are betting on the way that they, ha they have. And that includes the Chinese. The Chinese are understandably doing their best to not have to chase after as many dollars as they're usually forced to. China has the, big, the world's biggest dollar problem, so you can understand why they're doing it. But you can also understand why um, the euro dollar system is making them chase after dollars because China right now is a horrible bet. It is a horrible investment. If you've got spare dollars, you would charge the Chinese a ma major premium too, just as you would Brazil and some other places around the world. We see this in, in a lot of things, including the oil market. The oil market, by the way, is back into contango again. Just a couple pennies up front, but after everything that we've heard about, especially China's reopening and economy, how everything is now fine, how, how the stuff in Silicon Valley Bank, the U.S. regional bank problem is already a month in the past and we're, we're into, the, into the recovery phase already, the markets are telling you, no, it's not that way at all. If China's economic recovery was as good as everyone says it is, then there would be more dollars because dollar providers would be only too happy to provide them to the Chinese. And anyone who benefits from trading with the Chinese as heavily as, say, the Brazilians do. So the fact that the Chinese and the Brazilians are telling you they have to chase after dollars tells you a lot about what's really going on in the dollar system as hedge funds are starting to sense, as interest rate markets, forward interest rate markets are beginning to sense. All of these things combining together, chase after dollars, chase after collateral, collateral runs, these types of bad things that are going to have fallout across the global economy. And if you're thinking that China is going to bail out the world as the rest of the world suffers from financial turbulence, as the article said, the monetary system, the markets have bad news for you. The dollar isn't dead, it just doesn't work. Two different things there. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University members, as well as all of our research subscribers, including Markets Insider Pro subscribers. And until next time, take care.